Welcome to Emotion Well, EFR's podcast about all things related to emotional wellness. I'm Johanna Dunlevy, the wellness manager for Employee and Family Resources, also known as EFR, and I'm the host of our podcast. As an FYI, EFR is located in Des Moines, Iowa, and we are Iowa's first employee assistance program and provide a variety of services you can learn more about at www.efr.org. I am so excited today because I'm sitting across from my friend Joseph Jackson, who used to be my colleague at EFR and, fun fact, was the person who I collaborated with to start the Emotion Well podcast. And now he's a guest on Emotion Well. Joseph, welcome. Thank you, Johanna. I am so excited to be here. I really I know. appreciate you. We always talked about you being on the podcast, and we were always like, what could, what could, we, you know, what could we talk about? Like, what, what would the topic be? And now... You left EFR in March of 2020, which was great timing, by the way. Thank you for that. No, I'm just kidding. But you left in March of 2020, and a little over 18 months later, you're at a very different place in life, Mm -hmm. and you're married, you're a father, and so now we're going to be talking about uh, fatherhood, and then also June is Men's Mental Health Month. And so I wanted to talk to a man who could share about their own well-being in terms of self-care routine and what it's like after having a big life event, like becoming a father, um, becoming a husband, all those things that change um, kind of the trajectory of how you live each day, right? So I'm so excited. Introduce yourself to our listeners and share anything you want to share. Absolutely. Um, So my name is Joseph Jackson. I am 32 years old. Um, A lot of life changes have taken place. As of recent, uh, like you had mentioned, I am now married, and her name is Christina, Christina Jackson, and we have a nine-month-old beautiful baby boy, and his name is Kaysen Jackson, and he has been um, a joy. He has been a handful, um, (laughs) but um, he has been one of the most remarkable parts of my life and I'm so thankful for him and obviously thankful for my wife um, that we were blessed with uh, with Kaysen. So uh, currently now, um, I still work in the design area. Um, I do web design primarily, and um, I am just a man who loves to create and um, just excited to um, do a lot of the things that I have been doing already. Like when I was at EFR working with you, yeah. I was doing a lot of uh, graphic design to start off with and then I got into web design so I'm still doing that um, but definitely a lot has changed in terms of family so now I'm a 32 year old married man and life as you mentioned does look a lot different yeah so when we so I started at EFR in 2015 and you'd already been here for a year yes at that point that's correct and so when I started at EFR you were single no kids I was actually just going through a divorce and I had no children and I remember there's just so many things about like what I would call my old life that mm-hmm. I look back on. And I don't know if you have this experience or this feeling too, where you go, what did I do with all that time? And so for me, I remember my routine was YMCA sometimes before work, always on my lunch break. And you and some of the other people in the office would often go to the food court or go to the skywalk for lunch. And you'd always say to me, Johanna, you coming with today? And I would say, oh, I'm going to work out today. But, I mean, I think before I had Audrey, I would maybe tag along very yes. rarely. Yes. Uh, but then after I had her, I would be like, no, 
I'm going to the YMCA. And so when we were talking on the phone recently, you were like, I get it. (laughs) And so think about that. Like, how has your life changed in terms of your own self-care routine? So can you even remember what it was like before you had Kaysen? Yes. And to your point, I absolutely do get it now about protecting your time uh, and definitely a lot more emphasis on self-care. So I I do remember vaguely a time without Kaysen and my wife. Uh, and uh, to be honest, it was a really fun time. I did enjoy uh, a lot of my life and uh, had a lot more time. Um, I had a lot more time for self-care, uh, but I, I, I think that I didn't take as good of care of myself as I should have been doing when I was single. So now as a married man with a lot less time and more responsibilities mm-hmm. than I had before, I do find myself um, taking in better care of myself. Uh, so my routine it's pretty consistent. So um, when we had Kaysen, he uh, was not a great sleeper immediately. So right at the gate, we were just up all night, all yeah, night, all night. Yeah, relate. Yes, it's very tough. So now my routine is uh, I usually wake up around 5 every morning. The reason I do that is because it's the only time that is uh, where there's no responsibility. It's really peaceful. It's quiet. Yeah. I'm able to do my readings. Uh, I'm able to just like sit in silence and just kind of think and get get my day started um i'll do that and then every other day uh, if i'm not reading i might work out that morning um to just try to stay you know active and keep my energy levels up um i also found myself drinking a lot more smoothies i I talked to you today about (laughs) smoothies uh even like my eating habits uh have changed even with being married and um when i was single i would eat I would I would eat out a lot. And you we still ate do, out yeah. almost every day. Every day, right? For lunch, right. at and, least, yeah. And I've kind of I've done that. Don't, Christina, if you're listening, uh, I don't eat out actually. Um, but <laughs> uh, so yeah, I found myself like even in my diet, it'd be like I have to consider my wife is going to be eating with me now every day, right. and with Casey around, what's it going to look like if every day he sees Daddy snacking on candy? Oh, uh, right. You know, yeah. and I love candy. So. I do too, and Audrey loves candy. Yes, and sugar yeah. is is great, but my sugar intake has went way down yeah. now that I have a family, and I find myself, um, you know, I, I wake up in the morning, five a.m. I'll go to work, I get home, I have about an hour with Casey. And then I need to give time to my wife, so I need to be present. I need to be active. I need to be engaged in her day and in conversation. Yeah. Um, so I try to make sure that my energy levels are up. And um, I don't. Uh, I, I, I eat a lot better than I did when I was single, and I still have areas to improve. But I find myself drinking a lot more smoothies, a lot more, like, fruit intake, a lot more energy-type foods, and not just pigging out on uh, <laughs> my normal, you know, JJ Jasmine Funyuns Funyuns you know for (laughs) breakfast even so yeah yeah it's it's been a it's been a transition but it's very helpful yeah helpful so your wife stays home with Kaysen yes and so kind of some so there's some parallels when my daughter was born her dad stayed home with her so you know that's kind of more non-traditional I think a, a lot more time you see the the woman staying home with the children and the man is working and in our situation it was the opposite so Audrey's dad uh, is retired from the Marine Corps and so we thought well what a great opportunity for you know him to get to spend that time with her and so I think we were talking once about how you know for the person staying at home like neither one of us do that or did that so we can't really imagine we can imagine but we don't really get it right but sometimes 
it's like when you get home from work, they just want to talk to an adult because they've been with a baby all day who doesn't talk to them, might be crying most of the time. But you've been talking to adults all day, and you don't really want to necessarily talk to an adult. You want that kind of decompress, alone, yes. downtime. And I, I don't know if you find this to be the case, but it's kind of a struggle to have a balance, like when you're parenting with someone, especially if one is at home and one is full-time, you know, outside of the home. It's like, well, I always felt, I guess, selfish mm-hmm. if I got home and wanted to do something for myself or if a friend wanted to have dinner I'm like well but he's been home all day with her and I haven't seen her but he's been home all day with her and it always kind of came back to even on the weekends but he's home every day with her and so how do you manage because I know you're a sociable person like how do you manage that because that was always really challenging for me I would say that as Audrey got older and into school that changed yes right because now it wasn't 100% of the time at home but are you encountering this and how yes. do you navigate it yes this has been one of the most uh challenging parts of my life because i am a social butterfly if you will i love people and uh honestly just good communication like with my wife and trying to um trying to just key in on like how she's doing and how her day is and so when i get home i do feel like as soon as i get home i need to grab up my son not just because um, she has been home with him, but also because I haven't seen him and I do want to enjoy him. I have yeah. about an hour a day with him. If I get home at six, six o'clock, we put him to sleep. But there is that tension of like, well, man, I've been at work all day and some days I'm really exhausted. And I do know, for example, that uh, Kaysen does take naps during the day. And some days are different where he might be harder than others, but he does take at least a two hour nap generally in the mornings. And uh, he might take two two-hour naps per day. Right. So that's a, a four-hour break, if you will. Um, I know, you know, you're still at home and you can't necessarily leave. Right. But sometimes when I'm at work, there's been times where workflow is really busy and I may get a 15-minute lunch. Mm-hmm. So my whole day is just burnt out no and I get time. home and I'm tired. But I feel like it's definitely a balance because I get home and it's like, let me grab my son, be there for him, give my wife a break from about you know six to seven and if you look at the hours i've been going since maybe six in the morning and i don't stop until seven and then um you know she does get that break um but i'm sometimes exhausted trying to fill those gaps yeah. for her so just good communication and even just being open and, and and letting her know uh i'm tired today like i'm just really tired yeah. and she's done really great with like reading me and she knows like hey like I'll I'll take Kaysen for the night, like I'll feed him uh, tonight, and she even gave him a bath the other day before I got home, and I was like super thankful for that, yeah. because I was thinking to myself as I got home, I'm like, man, I know this is his day to get a bath, and I'm like, man, I'm tired, and one one day I could barely stay awake, um, and she just, so she's just a great helper, and I'm so thankful for her, but just good communication, and just trying to let each other know where we need like assistance yeah so he was born when he was born you were living outside of des moines right yes St. Louis area or no uh, columbia columbia missouri okay and then how old was he when you moved back uh man i want to say he was he was about four months okay so what was that like because in columbia you had no family yes and now, and you're both from the Des Moines area. You're from Des Moines. She's from Ankeny, Des Moines? Uh, she's from West, West Des Moines. West Des Moines, okay. Yes. So what was that like when you were living in Columbia without any family? Exhausting. Uh, yeah. Even more so than now. So we do have our mothers. 
and grandmothers to kind of help with yeah. babysitting and things like that. But yeah, in, in Columbia, Missouri, we were tired. We were both tired. I mean, he wasn't sleeping through the night at all. He was getting up maybe every two hours to feed and I would help and I would still have to go to work. And it was just extremely yeah. tiring. And there were times where like, I, I didn't take care of like myself. I would go to bed sometimes without even eating because I was just so tired, Yeah. right? So like my self-care when I had, when we had our son plummeted mm-hmm. like immediately just because it was like all hands on deck with him and then all hands on deck with her because she had a, a pretty traumatic experience uh, bearing case in both. We all, we actually almost lost both of them mm-hmm. uh, throughout the process, um, but that wasn't the case. And uh, But still there was a lot of healing that needed to take yeah. place. In, um, like physical healing and emotional yes, healing yes, and everything. Yeah, ab- Absolutely. So... I feel like no one talks about that side of becoming parents or even, you know, when you think about social media and I've, I'm on social media and that I have an Instagram account and a Facebook account, but I'm not on social media in the sense that I don't really engage with it. I don't post anything. But for me, when I first had my daughter, social media was really kind of toxic because I saw all of these other people, some of them I knew, some of them were strangers. And I've referenced this on the podcast before. Like, I was just looking at all these other feeds have, you know, I guess that's what you call it, an Instagram feed. And I'd be like, oh, look at their life. It's so perfect. You know, their baby seems to be doing this or that. And my baby might not be doing that. And I know they're the same age. And what's going on? And, oh, you know, that person is going out with their partner. And, you know, Jeremy and I were in a situation similar to what you and Christina had in Columbia is that we, we had no family in Des Moines, right? So for us getting to go out as a couple which is important when you are new parents you kind of lose sight I think of how important it is to maintain your relationship but you know for us it would be like well which one of our friends can we call and ask to come over for a couple of hours and it's just hard when you don't have family I don't know it any other way so um it sounds like things improved for you a lot when you move back to the area with family but I don't know I just think that people don't talk about kind of how difficult it is a transition from, you know, being without a child to with a child and kind of all the, I mean, I, I just remember like the moment I had my daughter, I just saw the world in a different mm. way. Mm. And it was just, it, you can't really describe it unless you've experienced it. And I was one of the last of my friends to have kids. Are you kind of, where are you with that? Like, do most of your friends have kids? Are you, were you one of the first or the last? Yeah, I'm about the last to, okay. to have kids. So I think that's the way to go, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I get to see uh, all their mistakes and try not to mimic them. So I'm failing yeah. so far. But. but I also feel like, so my daughter's five. I remember the sleepless nights. But at the same time, I'm so far removed from them now. Like, when I do have people in my life whether it's friends or family that are you know bringing new people into the world it's like I remember and I can relate but it's so far gone that I forget how hard it was right you know so uh what was the most surprising thing about becoming a a father wow um the first thing that came to mind was how much I love my son I had no idea that I would have these type of feelings toward him I knew that I would care about him in in such a deep way and love him but I leave some days and then I'm at work and I look at a photo of him and I just love him more and more every day and it's such a strange feeling because 
I don't think I can love him any more than I yeah. do. And then I just look at him and I just become even more overwhelmed. And especially the time we're in now with uh, the tragedies that have been happening yeah. um, uh, around the world even. Um, uh, the other day we were just reflecting, me and my wife were reflecting on, um, you know, just the, the mass shootings and things that have been happening and just... Um, I put my son to bed the other night and I remember just holding him Mm -hmm. and I was just holding him and uh, just kind of looking off into the distance in the room, but he felt so like big and he's, he's nine months. So he's not like small, but he felt so huge and I'm holding him and I just looked down at him and I just thought to myself, I I love you so much. And um, yeah, that would be the thing that I think it's just like, I, I never imagined that I would feel this type of way about about him and it's just it's a phenomenal feeling but yeah and I think when you're parenting small children it's hard to imagine them being independent so obviously my daughter who's five is much more independent than your nine-month-old son sure but she's still very dependent on me and then I think about my nieces and nephews who are in high school and a couple of them are out of high school and they're not very dependent on their parents anymore and you know I start to I almost have anxiety over that um, identity shift that I know will happen, you know. And for me, it's many years away, and for you, it's many years away, but it's going to happen, right? Um, But I get it with, like, the world events. So with the school shooting that happened in Texas at the elementary school, I was thinking about that today. Like, I remember when Sandy Hook happened. That was Mm. in 2012, I believe, and I didn't have any children at that time. And, I mean, I understood... You know how terrible that event was, mm-hmm. but I didn't understand it in the way I understand it now as a parent, right? Absolutely, it's just different. And it's, so I, when I dropped my daughter off at preschool today, like that's all I was thinking about was that all of those families did the same thing. They dropped their children off at school, and then they never, you know, will get to be with them again. And it's just so so sad. And that's hard on your mental health, you know. Yes. So kind of transitioning into that like how yeah how do do world events kind of shape your emotional and mental well-being as it relates to like raising a black son in america right right yeah um what what is that like yeah um um it's a heavy weight um it's definitely something that me and my wife and family often think about and ponder on um, how do we navigate those things and um, uh, you, you know this about me uh, I'm a man of faith mm-hmm. and um, you know I really do um, I, I really do rely on on my faith to, to pull me through in every aspect uh, of my life um, you know, just from raising case into what I communicate to him um, how I treat him how I treat others and just with everything that's been going on um, I really, it may sound strange to some, but it's something that um, I truly have just put in the Lord's hands, um, like overall, but I think practical things, it's just being really present with family and just really appreciating the time that I have with them and uh, just really letting my actions show that I love them and also communicating with words as well, but just, um, yeah, just talking to them talking to my family talking with case and even as a young boy yeah. just telling him how much i love him and yeah. telling him uh, you know words of affirmation and things and um 
I just I just have so much that I want him to be able to not be afraid of in the world and be more aware of in the mm-hmm. world, um, but just also to shape his thinking and letting him and hopefully teaching him that life is much more bigger than today and it's much more it's it's not just about you. Um, there, I do believe there's a bit bigger purpose. Um, so it's really how I think I navigate and me and my wife would navigate our entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, but just with our son specifically in this type of world, um, it's just being present, taking precautions that we need to take. Uh, even this might sound strange to some, but when I go to restaurants with uh, my wife and if Kaysen is there, I tend to sit in areas where I could see the room. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I'm paranoid, but I just do like to see what's going on and uh, just be aware of our surroundings. Like, now more than ever I find myself kind of just checking whenever I park I look and see who's around in vehicles and um, you know when I get in my vehicle especially with my son and uh, my wife uh, I I immediately try to get get going yeah Yeah, I don't just kind of sit there and look down and because that's how people just wrong place wrong time if you will so yeah I always feel the most vulnerable when I'm doing the in and out of the car seat thing yes because I mean, I, I don't have eyes on the back of my head, right? And I have to be faced, you know, in the car. Like, I just, I've always felt so vulnerable in that position. And it's actually harder the older they get because when they're little, you just snap that car yes. seat into place. But then yes. when they get older, you're, like, adjusting the straps and you're trying to get them to cooperate. I yes. always feel very vulnerable in those moments. Yes, yes. The other day, um, I was babysitting. I don't know why I say babysitting. I should say parenting. You were parenting Kaysen. parenting Kaysen. <laughs> and uh, it was a Saturday morning and... It was nice, so the windows were open, and even the front door is open, but I think sometimes we lock the uh, outer door, but I think it was unlocked. And um, I remember, uh, I was just thinking, I was like, man, like, I wonder, why do I have the, just the door open like this? Any other time, I wouldn't think anything of it if it's just me. Right. Uh, but I had my son in the house, so I, I shut the door, and but the windows were still open, and he was napping, I was on the computer, and I heard a knock at the door. And I looked at the peephole, and it looked like someone that looked like my brother, but it wasn't. And I didn't answer the door, um, but they ended up just walking away, and I think they might have just been going door-to-door for something. But I thought to myself, I'm like, naturally, you know, I I grew up in a time where it wasn't so strange to just open your door and say, how you doing, or, you know, anything you need, or what do you want? And I thought, I was like, man, if I would have opened that door and something would have happened, I'm in such a vulnerable position, and my son is because he's – you know, he's nine months, he's he helpless. crawls, he's yeah. helpless. Yeah. And like if someone started to attack me or, or is trying to take something in the house and Kaysen's crawling around, well, he could crawl to the stairs and fall down while yeah. I'm trying to stop someone. Yeah. And it's like I have to literally hold him yeah. to protect him. But if I'm holding him, I have no way to defend myself. Yeah. So it's just the eye-opener where I'm like, wow, like we live in a time where you can't even have the door open sometimes. Yeah. Or you consider... Should I leave my windows open? I know. For fresh air. Yeah. So. So June also is when we observe Father's Day. Yes. And so this will be your first Father's Day. So happy Father's Day, Joseph. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you grew up without a father present. Yes. And so tell me a little bit about how that has shaped you as a father. So, uh, you know, your, your mom raised you as a single parent. Yes. And now you're parenting a son in a partnership and so talk talk to us a little bit about that and how that shapes your views as a as a father and kind of did you have a father figure growing up or how did 
yeah, how did that work for you? Yes, uh, thankfully I, I was blessed with uh, multiple um, men who came into my life and uh, would kind of mentor me and just uh, just help raise me up, and I really appreciated that. And um, it's interesting because my father, uh, he was when he was here, uh, I'm told he was very present. And uh, I don't really remember because I was really young, and I think uh, it was around six or seven where um, he exited our life. And um, it was, I remember being sad, but like I remember um, as I got older, I didn't have any hate or animosity toward him. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because uh, Christina lost her father at a, uh, a young age as well. Um, except my father, you know, uh, he ended up unfortunately getting on drugs and he left but her father passed away so I don't even know if my father's still alive so that's for some context mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it, it has shaped how I view um my son and fathering and uh since I was raised m- primarily by my mother and grandmother I feel like I've developed a a, a very unique appreciation and care uh, for the women in my life yeah. and affirmation for them like I'm truly thankful for them and um how I parent Kaysen is just, again, since my father wasn't present, I try to be super present with Kaysen. Like, I get home and sometimes I don't even change out of my clothes just so I could be, like, locked yeah. in with him, playing with him. Even though I'm exhausted, I crawl on the floor with him. Every day I crawl on the floor with him. Let him crawl. We got a, um, we got a um, what's it called? Not a pack and play, but a... Um, one of those little called. floor mat things. Or? Yeah, a floor mat thing, and uh, it kind of contains c- contains them. Oh but yes, yes, yes. I know what you're talking about. A lot of times, I don't even put it up because I'm like, I just want you to crawl around and crawl with him, feed him, uh, just throw him in the air, laugh with him. I just try yeah. to just be there uh, because my father wasn't, and then I think Christina feels uh, much of the same in terms of just being present, mm-hmm. but hers is different because life is so short right Right. so she is she has a desire to be present because we know that tomorrow's not promised so yeah how we raise Cason is just very intentional like we we pray with him every night before we go to sleep and um I usually put him down and just it's just that intentionality where I'm like I'm here for you son you know he he can smell me he can feel me and I'm just I just want to be super active. Yeah, you're establishing the secure attachment that he needs that, you know, unfortunately a lot of babies don't get, you know, they don't get their needs met and they don't have a secure attachment to a parent. Yeah. Uh, But it sounds like you're doing a phenomenal job. Yeah. Was Father's Day a hard holiday growing up or, I mean, did you really, you know, because I think about like this will be my first Father's Day without a father. My dad passed away in December. And so, you know, growing up my dad was present and so father's day was celebrated but for someone who grew up without a father how did you feel about that holiday did you observe it in any way yeah yeah so um i think as i was younger i honestly don't remember really how celebrating it that much when i was younger um but i just had a lot of emotions around it like i would become probably more sad Mm -hmm. but as i got older um I, I don't have those emotions anymore. Uh, I, I honestly just wish that he's well, like wherever he may be. And if he were to come back, I welcome him with open yeah. arms. Like would just love him, uh, love him so much. Um, but yeah, I think uh, in, in how I grew up, a lot of times it was like a thing where um, people would celebrate, you know, um, the mother is the father and the, uh-huh. and the mom. And in that type of sense, you know, you would just kind of, 
celebrate with it your mom. It was like a bonus whatever. Mother's Day. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's kind of how we celebrated it and just, you know, reflected on just like how, even though, unfortunately, my father was not in my life, uh, my mom has done a stellar job, uh, but also just the other men who were a part of my life, just you know, reaching out to them and I think uh, we talked about Colin before yeah. and he passed away but he was a guy like when Father's Day came around I'd always joke with him like hey Pops like hey, you're my dad yeah. you know so that's kind of how we did very cool yeah. so what I don't know I don't know if advice is the right word but what would you you know tell let's just say because of the stage of parenting you're in you have an an infant he's still an infant um, though he's almost not right so he'll be one this summer but yes for uh, the men listening who are who are expecting their first child, mm-hmm. so they're they're not fathers quite yet, or depending on how you view it, right? Yes. But what what would you say to them, kind of in anticipation slash preparation for that m- monumental life change? Well, yes, I would say soak up as much free time as you have now, <laughs> enjoy that. Um, getting a routine though, like getting a routine now, like. Start working out if that's your thing. Um, if you're a meal prepper, start making sure you do that. Um, get get things in order and not to uh, not to be picky or anything like that, but just to be consistent. And I think it goes back to the self care thing. Like when your child's going to be coming into this world, and it's going to be a very exciting time. It's going to shock you, and schedule wise, it's going to derail <laughs> everything that you have going yeah. on. So any consistency consistency that you could get in place I think would be very helpful and um you know again um I would say also um whoever you may be journeying on this with just try to be a great support to them if if that's an option for you if that's the thing just be of great support to them um you know my wife went through a lot and uh I didn't it, it wasn't about me it was about her and my son and just being really present for them. Yeah. And when Kason was born, it wasn't, you know, necessarily what's what's daddy need. Um, it was a consideration, but I really just wanted to make sure that they were well. And she did a great job of loving me throughout that process, yeah. too. So, yeah, I, I guess I would say those things. Just get a schedule going. Um, just get things in order and just, uh, just enjoy, too. Honestly, just enjoy. Right. I believe it is one of the, you know, just such a precious gift. So I think you should be really excited about it and get ready. Just strap yourself in. It's going to be a ride. (laughs) Going for a ride. Yes. All right. So if you're listening and you have access to EFR's benefits and you want to reach out for some help or support, don't hesitate to call us at 800-327-4692. So as a reminder, through your EAP benefits, there's a lot of great resources for uh, families. So yes. one, the benefit is for, and Joseph knows because he used to work here, so yes, he could echo absolutely. all this. So the benefit, the EAP benefit is for you and anyone in your household. So if you work at an organization who has EFR's benefits, your EAP is for you and anyone in your household. So that could be your partner, your spouse, your children. Uh, if you are, you know, starting a family, planning a family, our benefits like legal consult. You could get a living will drafted, a financial consult, if you're looking to consolidate debt and you want to get your finances in order. There's so many great resources through the EAP. And then, of course, for Men's Mental Health Month, uh, don't forget that the counseling benefit is available. And I always like to remind people it's not a sign of weakness to reach out and ask for help. You know, you 
you need help. Everyone needs help at Absolutely. some point in life. And, uh, you know, sometimes counseling is the, the most appropriate way to get that help. And, and other times that's through other resources. But if you're thinking about counseling, your EAP benefit is a great way to experience that. But Joseph, thank you. This was a fun conversation. Thank you, Joanna. Happy Father's Day. I'm thank so glad you. that you have a self-care routine and that you're putting yourself first, but not in a selfish way, right? I there think that's, that's kind is. of where, where we want to be mindful is that we're practicing self-care and that is not a selfish act at all, but yes. you're also taking into consideration um, your loved ones and your family. So thank you so much for your time today. It was so great to see you. Thank you, Johanna. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to Emotion Well. Please subscribe to us and don't forget to rate us. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Emotion Well is hosted by Johanna Dunlevy and produced by Emily Moncombe.